0: You're listening to the August 23rd edition, 2009, of Taken With You, the podcast that's spiritual, not religious. This week on the program, Catherine's going to camp. I got some more Star Trek comic books on my iPod Touch. Take Andrew and I went and saw G.I. Joe. We'll all talk about that. Uh, my wife joins me for a moment to talk about all the cool things that we're harvesting from our garden. It's been a very plentiful year for berries this year. And uh, all sorts of other things. You're going to really like it. Plus, today is part two of Losing My Religion. Stick around. Good evening, everybody. When you aren't listening to Take In With You with the multi-talented Mr. Moyer, then I'd be honoured if you could take a few minutes to check out my little show, Happy Times. If you have an iPod Touch or an iPhone, and if you love your applications but are feeding the pinch of the current economic climate, then this is the podcast for you. Each week I'll review a free or cheap application and spend a few minutes gassing on about why I like it or not. Buying apps over the air can be both addictive and expensive, so why not spend a few minutes a week listening to Appy Times and I'll try to separate the wheat from the chaff? Just go to appytimes.podbean.com or search the iTunes store for Appy Times. That's A P P Y T I M E S. So come and share the Appy Times with me. Thank you. The Treks in Sci Fi Podcast. Stand by to receive our transmission. Sci-Fi entertainment news and commentary. I am Locutus of Borg. Star Trek episode analysis.
1: Captain of the USS Enterprise.
0: Smoky religions and ancient weapons. Collectibles, toy, and prop reviews.
1: I am to misbehave.
0: The weekly Treks in Sci-Fi podcast with your host, Rico, at treksinsci-fi.com. You'll like both of those shows, um, Appy Times and Treks in Sci-Fi, both great shows and very fun. Yeah. I, I really think so. Hey, what's going on at Rick's house? Let's find out. With me in the studio today is my lovely daughter, Catherine. Hi, Catherine. Hi. Okay, you have been working hard at all sorts of different jobs for what? Camp. For what? camp summer camp. So tell us a little bit about summer camp. What are you where are you going?
1: Going up to Lake, Lake Chelan.
0: And that's in of course we're, we live in Washington, so you're headed east of the mountains. I don't know how many miles away it is from here, but a long way.
1: No, it's about 5 hours.
0: Yeah, and you're going to be over there at Lake Chelan at summer camp. Do you know what the camp's name is?
1: Outdoor camp. Outdoor camp. I don't really know camp. exactly I'm... what the name name is, but Well, it should
0: be kind of fun. So what kind of things have you been doing to earn the money for camp?
1: Weeding a lot with the other youth group, with the youth group and everything.
0: People call you over to their house to weed their garden. Yeah. And their lawn and different things. Yeah. What else have you been doing?
1: Um, Lots of stuff.
0: Like babysitting. Wow, look at that. I get a phone call right in the middle of our interview. Isn't that nice? Okay, well, okay, so uh, you're going to head over to camp. So, what are you expecting out of summer camp this year?
1: Have fun and stuff
0: have fun mm. and stuff. Well, when she gets back from camp, we can uh, ask her what she thought of it, so that should be kind of fun. Let's see what else is going on around the Moyers' home. Oh, I found um I found some more comic books on uh on iTunes for the iPod Touch. Star Trek ones. And uh wow, they're pretty cool. I let me see which ones I got. There was a series for only 99 cents, which is like a really good deal. I really like reading them on the iPod Touch or the iPhone because it just looks so good. It's so shiny and nice and you can take it at your own leisure. Um I think the series that I downloaded off of iTunes, you can check it out in the App Store was uh, Star Trek Year 4. Uh the Enterprise Experiment was number 1 and then I got number 2, 3 and 4. And uh they're really a, it's a really well-done comic. Uh very very cool. I highly recommend it if you're a Trekkie or a science fiction fan and you like that kind of stuff, and you have an iPod Touch or an iPod or an iPhone, you can uh, check them out, download them, and they're just brilliant colors and cool plot. It's kind of you know it's kind of fun for us that have followed the show, uh, the old series or the original series. You can uh, it kind of continues on with it and and you get to uh, see some really cool. Um, Uh, reoccurring characters from the show that you come to know and love so uh, I highly recommend it going to the app store and and downloading uh, some Star Trek comic books on your iPod or your iPhone very very fun and this one in particular was called Year 4 which is just a continuation of the original series and done in comic book form but it's really you know it's a it's an adult comic book more than a Well, I don't know. I guess kids would like it, too. But anyway, very cool. And then, in fact, this first one was written by D.C. Fontana, who wrote several of the episodes during the original series. So go check it out. Pretty cool. Uh, My son and I, I would have Andrew here talking about it, but we did go to see the movie G.I. Joe. Uh, I watched the cartoon when I was a kid. Probably, I guess I was a little older than a kid. I don't know. I was teenagers. Uh, Anyway, really enjoyed watching it when I was a kid. G.I. Joe was always kind of fun to watch. Uh, We went to the movie. Didn't have a whole lot of expectations. I wasn't expecting something brilliant, but uh, went to it and actually it was a great popcorn flick. You know, there was a lot of uh, a lot of cool gadgets and geeky things in it. And I didn't I you know, it's been a long time since I watched the show or read any of the comic books or any of that. So uh, I didn't really, I couldn't, I didn't follow everything the way probably somebody that's a real fan did or does. Uh, but I just watched it. Uh, there, You know, there wasn't a whole lot of bad things in the, in the show. In other words, it was semi-family friendly and a lot of uh, cool gadgets and gizmos, which is what I like, and a lot of shooting and blowing things up. And, well, it's G.I. Joe. Come on. So anyway, they did a great job on the movie, I thought. It was uh, action from the beginning to the end, and you really didn't have a time to be mellow. <laughs> I mean, it was just full-on craziness for the entire movie. And But, you know, the one thing I have to say is, like, in Transformers, I got a little dizzy watching the show because it just was so—I couldn't follow everything because there was just so much action going on. It wasn't that way in G.I. Joe. Even though there was a lot of action going on, I always could follow what was happening so it, it didn't make it uh, confusing to me, and I didn't get sick to my stomach watching it, which was cool. And they had a lot of really neat things in there. There was a few, you know, there's a few cheesy things, but for the most part thought they did a great job. I particularly like the suits that they uh, put on. This isn't really a bad spoiler if you haven't seen the movie, but they put these really cool mechanical suits on and they can run faster and jump higher like we all would like to do. And they were really quite cool. And the way they filmed those were just, it was spectacular. But a great job by, I think the acting was excellent in it. Um, I enjoyed the show and Andrew enjoyed it too. We ate, uh, we shared some popcorn and watched it. (laughs) So G.I. Joe gets a thumbs up from me. Uh, don't, you know, don't yell at me if you don't like it, but anyway, it was pretty cool show. I've been hearing a lot about the show district nine. Um, I haven't gone to see it yet. Um, one I, I do have, you know, I have some, some, you know, moral standards that I go by for movies and stuff. And one of the things is I really don't want to, um, I don't really want to go to shows where it would dishonor my wife. So, um, so like, if, if there's nudity in a show or something like that, I don't go to the movies and watch that. I don't rent the DVD or something like that because I just don't feel that that's appropriate. I, so that's just my convictions. You know, you can do whatever you want, but for me. Now, District 9, on the other hand, um, has, I guess, a lot of uh, blood and gore, and there's a lot of F-words in it, F-bombs. And uh, that's the other thing that I really don't enjoy is movies with a lot of swearing in them. So I'm, I'm, I'm on the fence. I'm not sure if I'm going to go see this or not. I know it's rated R, and usually I don't go to rated R movies because of those elements. Um, but uh, I've been hearing a lot of people talk that it's, it's one really cool movie and really thought-provoking. So I'm going to do a little thing here, and if you think, <laughs> if you've seen the movie District 9... And you think that, um that it's worth watching, even if it has some, you know, lots of cussing in it, um, why don't you tell me why you think I should see it? That would be kinda cool. Email me, would you? Rick at take him with Rick at take him with I'd like to hear your slant on the movie. And uh and i I've, I've not made up my mind if I'm gonna go or not. Andrew and I both wanted to go see it. Uh, but then we heard there's a lot of stuff in it that we may may find objectionable. But I I, I don't know. I'm uh, the verdict is out on it. Sometimes I, you know I can I can put up with a a certain amount of things that is questionable if the movie is really thought provoking or it's, it's historical in nature. Obviously, District Nine is not historical in nature, but I understand it's groundbreaking because they made the film for like thirty million dollars, and it's supposed to be stunning as far as the the way they made it. And all this jazz. So I don't know if you've seen it. Why don't you uh, email me and let me know how bad it is? I, I I haven't read any um like reviews on you know what's in it or anything like that. And I and I don't want spoilers, but just I don't know, just just let me know what you think. That'd be cool. Rick at TakeHimWithYou.com Hey Amy, you wanna be on the show for a minute? I'm calling my wife. Hey Aim Hold on, let me go see if I can find her. I was gonna ask her a question. Okay, I rounded her up. I had to, I was calling your name out, but she didn't answer me. Yeah. So anyway, what's going on around our house? We already talked, Catherine talked a little bit about going to camp. Mm-hmm. I talked about uh, going to see G.I. Joe with Andrew.
1: Mm-hmm. You
0: didn't go see that with me. No. You probably wouldn't have liked it. No. And then I talked about uh, the pros and cons of going to District 9 because it's rated R and has lots of cussing in it. So I'm, I'm having people uh, email in. Um, why they it, should I go or should I not go? Because Andrew mm-hmm. and I are very curious about the film since it only costs thirty million to make. Anyway, I've mm. already said that. But anyway, I'm just getting you up to date. Um, around our house now, we've had an interesting summer because we have berries and berries and berries everywhere. Mm-hmm. Talk talk a little bit about what's going on with that.
1: Well, this is the first time that I've had so many blueberries that I've been able to make two batches of jam and make a couple different blueberry pies and have freeze freeze berries and yeah, we saw more berries. What are to freeze pick. berries? Well, freeze whole berries. Oh, for like and pancakes I, and stuff? And then I made um, freezer jam too. Oh, and that turned out really good. Mm. I've never made blueberry jam before. So we've had a really good berry year. Yeah. And um, I went out and harvested some um, beets this morning and some peas and some green beans and I committed murder. What? Yes. What did you do? I killed about 30 slugs.
0: Oh, slugs. They're so gooey and gross. Yes,
1: yes. I I don't think that's breaking one of the Ten Commandments, though.
0: Thou shalt not murder slugs. I
1: think that God makes an exception for slugs.
0: They eat our food is what the problem is.
1: Yeah, and... And there's about thirty of them, and they were actually eating through the vines on my zucchini vines. And wow. if they keep doing that, I won't have any zucchini. And you know how I like zucchini.
0: I don't like zucchini. Never have.
1: I have a new recipe for um, corn zucchini fritters that I'm going to try here soon. I can write write about that in my newsletter. Um,
0: Sorry, I'm gagging in the background. Don't, don't zucchini make, is so gross. Don't
1: make those. Hey, I do get you to eat my chocolate zucchini cake, though.
0: Yeah, once in a great while.
1: It's really good. It's very moist.
0: I don't like zucchini.
1: I like zucchini. It has.
0: It doesn't taste like anything to me, so it's useless.
1: Well, you know, to me, it's like pasta and bread, and and um.
0: It's what you put on it.
1: Yeah it. It's kind of a neutral that. That the spices and, and different things can I like kinda... tofu
0: better than I like zucchini. That's wow. how bad I don't like zucchini but
1: I really like tofu so you do yeah oh okay yeah I like tofu and I so like we zucchini. we
0: plant we have pumpkins too.
1: We have cute pumpkins they're about the size of grapefruit right now
0: so they'll grow up and be happy. We're we gonna put cardboard underneath them so they don't get all grody.
1: I put some um, cement little blocks like thin okay. little chunks of cement underneath a couple of them
0: okay. So, yeah. we're gonna have pumpkins in October. that'll be cool
1: yeah i'm I'm hoping um we actually have had a really good garden year. last year was a horrible garden year, yeah, our
0: corn didn't grow we didn't grow corn this year because of it. we could yeah. have probably got this, corn year this year we
1: would have done well with corn, but um, last year it was cold all through June, and yeah. so um, everything was really late last year, and this year we had a beautiful June, yeah. so perfect, perfect. so yeah, we I could talk about gardening forever because I like to garden, but I haven't really had as much time to garden this year, but...
0: You're busy working.
1: I'm busy working typing on my keyboard.
0: Yeah, kind of fun. And, of course, I've been doing, uh, it's kind of fun, I've been taking, I started a new thing this year, going to take some senior portraits for folks uh, for the class of 2010. Mm hmm So I've been busy working on that. Got to do a a couple of photo shoots already just for the advertising part of things, Mm -hmm. and that's been kind of fun.
1: And And my um, biggest thing outside of work and cleaning house and all that is trying to get my oldest son ready to move out for the first time and go away to college. Yeah and, he's headed
0: to George Fox University.
1: Yeah, trying to get all of his financing lined up and and that's a little stressful for me, but I'm like trying to remember pray about everything. don't worry about anything that kind of thing so. Yeah, kind of fun. Yeah.
0: So Nathan will have fun. He He's going to be headed off here in a couple of weeks, and uh, oh, I'm sure he's going to have a great time. We found out where his, his mm-hmm. uh, apartment is and what classes he's going to be taking and all that jazz. So
1: And he found out last week that he already has a job at the college doing um, video editing. Surprise, surprise and um IT work which is for everyone listening probably knows that but internet yeah technology, well most people do yeah, yeah. yeah so he'll be sitting at a desk 5 hours a week um, well we don't know people. what he's going to be
0: doing but he's going to be working yeah. for the IT department
1: and then he'll be doing um, video editing and yeah. so that'll be fun and yeah. Andrew
0: just got done doing his job for the uh, rebuilding together and mm-hmm. he's up at the college today working on some mm-hmm. stuff
1: and looking for his books, books for the fall his English class and
0: Catherine's headed to summer camp. And
1: yeah, Catherine leaves for camp in just a couple days. It's wow. the first time I've ever sent her to camp all by herself. Uh, a whole bunch of
0: first times for my wife. Here. Yes,
1: she's, I'm kind of like as a mom. The first time my oldest is she's moving like, out, she's
0: like, "Oh gosh, this is gonna be horrible." I'm like, "Good riddance." <laughs>
1: <laughs> Gee, I,
0: uh, I'm not really you cold-hearted. Can, you just, can
1: edit that out. That no, I mean think that no, it's sounding. not me. Come on, this is called
0: life. They go on and they go do things, and it's good for them. And and it, they, it's good yeah, for them. They'll have I'm, a great time. I feel very confident in in all the areas that my kids are branching out into.
1: I'm very excited for them. I I think Andrew's going to have a a great time at school this year. But he's going to be having a very full school year. Some some quarters he has 27 credits.
0: That's I don't know how they do well yeah but some of that is carpentry stuff which is not like yeah
1: I think 15 credits of that's carpentry and then um
0: and then some on
1: one quarter and then he has welding welding and and, and all that jazz but then he has the english and math and sociology and all that on top of it so he has a pretty full school year this year and yeah but he's a hard worker he'll do well and
0: yeah I'm sure he will yeah okay anything else going on that you want to tell everybody about anything else
1: I can't really think of anything other than I probably should go do my typing job right now. Well, I'm probably going to
0: pick more blueberries today because there's a ton of them.
1: Yes, we need to pick blueberries. And I would like my family to go out and pick some blackberries so I can make If we can find, where do we jam. find
0: blackberries around here? Well,
1: hey, I've seen some on my walks. There's okay. blackberries. Right. Okay. So I, right. I like homemade blackberry jam too. All
0: right. Well, great. Um, oh, the, the other thing that I'm going to be doing um, is... Um, no that's cool that's cool We'll i'll talk about we can talk about it later so thanks for okay. joining me all right okay that's what's going on at rick's house goodbye hello there my name is meds and this is david frost
1: you're not david Frost. all
0: right i mean this is mark and we are the present mark all right get on with it okay and we're the presenters of waffle on podcast and we like to talk about crap TV broadcast between 1960 to 1999. Would you say it's crap? Some of it. Really? <laughs> Especially the British stuff. But we've already had a podcast about that so this us move up on that. Unbelievable. You can find us at the http colon forward slash forward slash waffleon.podbean.com Do not smile when I say the word colon. Oh, I'm not. Those guys are so funny and so fun to listen to so you need to check out their show. waffleon.podbean.com Check them out. Cool stuff. Well, let's see. I think we are now all the way up to, oh, we're going to do words of wisdom here, Jonah chapter three in a moment. But I wanted to say congratulations to Alan Anderson, who uh, wrote in. He is the second winner in our Who Move My Cheese contest. And I already sent him out the book. Um, Meds from Waffle On actually had the first one. Uh, he got the audio CD, and I sent that off to England here a week ago or so. Alan Anderson was listening, and just on a whim, wrote in real quick, and didn't think he was going to win, but he won the book. So congratulations to both Meds and Alan for winning the Who Moved My Cheese book. How cool is that? In the eternal words of of Meds, how cool is that? I can't say how cool is that. I can't. Never mind. Yeah.
1: Anyway. <laughs> No, I don't think he likes you at all. (laughs) No, I don't like you either. (laughs) I love that. That is so great. That's good writing. Yes, because it's not much dialogue. And because George Lucas didn't write all the (coughs) dialogue. I'm Jen, and I'm Angela. And when you're not listening to this glorious podcast, we would love to have you listen to ours, the Anomaly Podcast. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y podcast.com.
0: Well, it's time once again for words of wisdom on Taken With You. Today we're in the book of Jonah, this time, chapter 3. From the Message Bible. Maybe God will change his mind, Jonah chapter 3. Next, God spoke to Jonah a second time Up on your feet and on your way to the big city of Nineveh, preach to them. They're in a bad way, and I can't ignore it any longer. This time, Jonah started off straight for Nineveh, obeying God's orders to the letter. Nineveh was a big city, very big. It took three days to walk across it. Jonah entered the city, went one day's walk, and preached. In 40 days, Nineveh will be smashed. The people of Nineveh listened and trusted God. They proclaimed a citywide fast and dressed in burlap to show their repentance. Everyone did it, rich and poor, famous and obscure, leaders and followers. When the message reached the king of Nineveh, he got up off his throne, threw down his royal robes, dressed in burlap, and sat down in the dirt. Then he issued a public proclamation throughout Nineveh authorized by him and his leaders. Not one drop of water, not one bite of food for man, woman, or animal, including your herds and flocks. Dress them all, both people and animals, in burlap, and send up a cry for help to God. Everyone must turn around, turn back from an evil life and the violent ways that stain their hands. Who knows? Maybe God will turn around and change his mind about us, quit being angry with us, and let us live. God saw what they had done, that they had turned away from their evil lives. He did change his mind about them. What he said he would do to them, he didn't do. There you go. The power of repentance or turning around and doing the opposite of what you're doing now. uh, Right here on Take Him With You on our words of wisdom from Jonah chapter 3. We'll be reading chapter 4 next week. So uh, make sure you tune in. Also, uh, we're going through the book of Ephesians during the middle of the week on our midweek booster. That's kind of fun, too. So there you go. Greetings, guildies. I'm Kenny. And I'm Jenny. After listening to Take Him With You. Why don't you tune in to... Knights of the Guild, the official fan
1: podcast for the
0: web series, The Guild.
1: Each month, we'll bring you the latest news about the Guild cast, including what projects they're working on and what conventions they'll be attending. Also, we'll be updating you on the current season. We'll talk about some behind-the-scenes fun of Season 2. As well as having cast, crew, and fan interviews. So head over to iTunes and subscribe to Knights of the Guild. Or go to our website for a direct download at (laughs) knightsoftheguild.podbean.com. Zaboo!
0: The Guild just came out with a brand new music video that is hilarious called Do You Want to Date My Avatar? Those of us geeks um, out there, those of you that are like that, you will understand. And the music video is hilarious. You can download it on iTunes or at Amazon.com or you can watch it on YouTube. But it's called... um, Do you want to date my avatar? Silly, 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 but very funny. Okay, let's see. What do we have next? Oh, yeah. Hey, listen, if you like Take Him With You and you want to help the Moyer family, we would really appreciate it if you could take a moment. And if you have five, 10, 15, 50 bucks, whatever that you could spare, we would really appreciate it if you could send it on in to help bring Take Him With You in the midweek booster and the newsletter coming to you every week. We would be more than honored by that, and it would be very helpful for us. Uh, We are doing this. uh, My wife is working full-time on a computer job here at home, and I am doing the podcast full-time and doing some photography work on the side. So if you could help us out, that would be awesome, and we can still keep uh, taking with you going all around the world. Our downloads this this, uh, month have been really good getting a lot of attention and a lot of people listening to the programs and that's just great, but it takes money to pay our bills and keep the podcast coming to you. So if you find it in your heart, please visit take click on the donate button or subscribe to our newsletter and uh, send in a donation on PayPal. If you would, that would be awesome. If you want to send a check, you can do that. You send it to Moyer multimedia, LLC, nine one one Chico lane in Aberdeen, Washington, nine, eight, five, two, zero. That's nine one one Chico lane, in Aberdeen, Washington,
1: 98520.
0: Well, uh, we are going to continue on this week uh, with a message that I did a while back called Don't Get Religious. This whole series is called Losing My Religion. And when I say that, I I, I don't mean losing faith in God. I'm talking about losing the stuffiness and the rules and the regulations that come along with, with religion. I'm talking about having a relationship with God, which is completely different than religion. Now that might seem funny to you, maybe you've never heard those terms before, but but I think you'll find out. We're we're in uh the we're going to be doing the second part of this us uh, a message that I did. I'm gonna play that for you in its entirety and you can uh see what you think. Um so let's get started with uh food for thought. I'm taking <laughs> Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verses 9 through 14. He also spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous, <laughs> religious and despised others. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Number three, religious people, when we become religious, we make up rules and regulations and we check them off so that we feel good about ourselves. Look what I have done. You can even fill in number four. We think more highly of ourselves than we ought to. I guess what we really should say is, Lord, I'm humble, I'm broken, and I just ask you to, to bless my friends and the people around me. I, I just got to stay that way. Because it's not about making a list of religious things up and saying, well, which ones did I get done today? That's religion. A relationship says, Have mercy upon me, Lord, I'm, I'm a sinner and I need your grace. What do we do today? And last but not least, Matthew chapter 23. Go back into Matthew for a minute. I mean, there's so many other examples. I could spend like a couple of days just going through these because there's so many. And Jesus spoke to the multitudes, uh, chapter 23. Uh, A multitude and his disciples saying, The scribes and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. Therefore, whatever they tell you to observe, that observe and do. But do not do according to their works, for they say, and do not do. For they bind heavy burdens hard to bear and lay them on men's shoulders, but they themselves will not, even, uh, will not move them with one of their fingers. And we could go on and on and on, but the point is, number five, religious, religious, when we get religious, we ask people to live by a different standard than we actually live by ourselves. That's religion. When we say, well, look at, I've got this position, and so therefore you, sh- you should do this, and then we go home and we don't do that. That's Religion. It's not a relationship. How many of you are learning something here? Woo! Kind of crazy. We don't wanna, we don't want we do not want to trust on our own righteousness. I'm telling you. It's only Jesus. Which brings me to a very, very interesting story that I, I'm so excited to share with you today. First Samuel. I believe 15. Is it first or second? Well, no, I think it's first. We'll find out. Let me look. Yeah, 1 Samuel chapter 15. I'm going to say a statement that we've all heard, but you may think about it differently by the time we're done. It's this statement. To obey is better than sacrifice. Now, how many have heard that term before? I remember on one of those blue cassettes, To obey is better than sacrifice. Yeah. Keith Green, I don't remember. Keith. Okay, I like Keith Green's music. I just haven't listened to it for a while. But it's Scripture. To obey is better than sacrifice. What does that mean? I think it has everything to do with religion versus relationship. I think in religion, we sacrifice a lot, but we obey little. And in a relationship, we obey a lot, and our sacrifice is completely different. Watch this. Samuel, chapter 15, first Samuel. Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you king over his people over Israel. Now therefore... Heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have. Do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Okay, this is... Okay, we're in the Old Testament, and I know people are like, what? He said, what? We'll get there. So Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in uh, Talaam, 200,000 foot soldiers and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to the city of Amalek and lay in wait in the valley. And then Saul said to the uh, uh, Canaanites, go, depart Get down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For they showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Canaanites, who were very smart people, departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good and were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything, despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. Hmm, that's all I'll say about that. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king for he has turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried out to the Lord all night. So when Samuel rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was told Samuel saying, Saul went to Carmel and indeed he set up a monument for himself. He's Gone, and he's gone on around, passed by, and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul, and Saul said to him, Oh, blessed are you of the Lord. I perform the commandment of the Lord. On your notes. Saul got comfortable being religious. His relationship with God became all about offerings and works, not obedience because can't we not tell now already from this story he didn't do what he was supposed to do see when our walk with god becomes all jumping through hoops to be good enough and when we take pride in how much we give both in time and money then we too are being religious it's not about the relationship anymore it's about what we can do that doesn't make us right before god See, we should love God and give to him because he first loved us, not so that he'll love us back. He already loves us. He already sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. He loves us that much. Now let's see what happens. Verse 14. But Samuel said, and remember, hey, blessed to see you, Samuel. This is great. I did everything God told me to do. Not. But Samuel said, What then is the bleeding of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? So here he is, either in denial or completely out wacky, going, hey, I did everything you want. In the background, What in the world is that? If you obey the Lord, how come I hear the sounds of these animals? And Saul said, well, they have brought them from the Amalekites? For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we utterly destroyed. Look at this, number two. Saul started adding to the things God was telling him to do. Or modifying them to make them easier. And he even did it with, with good intentions. Oh, we're going to sacrifice them to you, Lord. Deciding for himself what was good and bad. Not listening to the instruction from the Lord. Lord. See, we start getting religious when we start deciding what scriptures are we going to take and what scripture we're going to throw out today. I think I'll do this and think, I, I, you know, that part's always bugged me, so I'm just not going to do that. Religion. Or, boy, you know, I could really enhance this one here. Huh, that's a good idea, but I think if I added something to it, it would be really good. Treading on thin ice. Religion alert, religion alert. Then Samuel said to Saul, I love this, be quiet, and I'll tell you what the Lord said to me last night. You can imagine that, that Saul respected Samuel enough to shut up, and he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, you know, when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? And Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on what the Lord sent me and brought back Agag king of uh, Israel Amalek, I have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took of the plunder, sheep and the oxen, the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Number three, Saul was the leader, but blamed his people for disobeying. He started believing his own press releases. "Eh, I'm so good. Religious people always believe they're right, and they seldom apologize. Ouch. How many times have we been religious and, and we just, oh, and then we blame other people. Well, they did that, and they did this, but shh, look at who I am. Yeah, who are we? <laughs> so Samuel says, has the, Lord, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey Is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. In other words, number four, God wants intimacy with our heart on His terms, not gifts and sacrifices on our own. Sometimes the stuff we do for God actually gets in the way of serving Him. And only you can tell if that's really going on. Only we know. If what we're doing, we're doing for the right reasons. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. See, we're no different today. When we ignore God's voice and simply go through the motions to make ourselves feel better. Listen, folks, there's... There's consequences for being religious. We lose our effectiveness. That's why every day I wake up and I say, Lord, don't let me be religious. I want to be effective for you. I want to live for you. I want to make a difference. Because as soon as we start getting religious, it, it caves in on ourselves and we become ineffective. And that's what happened. Here he was, the king, but now... Because he wouldn't obey the voice of the Lord. He was just shining people on. Woo, hey, whoa, look at this. All of a sudden, he loses. He gets rejected from being the king. And Samuel said, or, or then Saul said to Samuel, yeah, he finally figures out, ooh, I really have messed up here. I've sinned, for I've transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me that I may worship the Lord. But Samuel said to Saul, I will not return with you for you have rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord has rejected you from being king over Israel. See, sometimes you have to make some boundaries in your life and not hang with the religious folk anymore. Hang with people that obey the word. There's a whole thing we could talk about. We don't have time today to talk about the the yeast of the Pharisees. Suffice it to say, you hang around religious people, and it gets on you. It does. The club of, well, we all do it this way. What we really need to do is seek the Lord and ask Him what He wants, and obey the word, not religion. Verse 27, and as Samuel turned around to go away, Saul seized the edge of his robe and and it tore. So Samuel said to him, 'The, The Lord has torn the kingdom of Israel from you today and has given it to a neighbor of yours who is better than you. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor relent, for he is not a man that he should relent. Then he said, I've sinned, yet honor me now, please, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and return with me, that I may worship the Lord your God. So Samuel turned back after Saul, and Saul worshiped the Lord. And then this really wild thing happens. Samuel said, bring Agag, king of the Amalekites, here to me. So Agag came to him cautiously, and rightly so. And Agag said, surely the bitterness of death is past. He wouldn't really do anything to me now. I mean, they let me live. But Samuel said, as your sword has made women childless, so shall your mother be childless among men. PG-13 here. And Samuel hacked Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. <clears throat> let me just say this. Disobedience causes death. Religion leads to death, but relationship leads to life. Verse 34, Then Samuel went to Ramah, and Saul went up to his house at Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel went no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord regretted that he'd made Saul king over Israel. Last point today, number eight. Religion ruins relationships. Ruins relationships. I don't know about you, but I want to commit. Please, Lord, help me not be religious. Would you stand with me today? Let's pray. Lord, we are humbled by your word. And we're blessed at the same time. And I would pray, God, that as we yield to your spirit today, that you would convict our hearts and show us if there's any religious ways in us. We give you permission to hack that religious junk out of our life. We don't want to be that way. Our desire, Lord, is to have a relationship with you that is strong and vibrant and real. We do not want to be people that become religious or go back to the system of rules and regulations that put us under bondage. We want to be people that are free in you, free to be who you created us to be and to operate and to walk and move in your spirit. That's what we want to be, Lord. Forgive us, God, for being religious in any way and right now, could we just take a few moments as the, as the worship band plays, can we take a few moments and if there's any repenting that we need to do in our hearts, maybe we need to come with a fresh, genuine attitude of gratitude to God for saving our soul and ask Him to clarify if there's any areas in our life where we're trying to handle it on our own and we're trying to do our own thing. Maybe you're even here today and and... You've never even accepted Jesus in your heart. You've never even asked for the forgiveness that, that Jesus gives. You've never even said, Jesus, be the boss of, of my life. Well, Now's a great time to do that. See, you're not going to become religious like my parents told me I became religious. They didn't understand. I got a relationship with the Lord and the Savior. I think we all need that relationship, whether you've never asked him into your heart before or you had a relationship but you've gotten a little religious. I think we all need to fall upon the grace and the mercy of God by faith. Not by our works, not by something we sign on the dotted line, but by faith, and we believe in Him that He will take care of us and that our relationship with Him will be strong. I hope you enjoyed that message that I preached a while back. Here's a song I'd like to share with you by a band called Novella that was uh, out in the 90s. This is called I Need You on Take Him With You. One of my favorite bands ever. They put out two CDs, and uh, they're called Novella. That song was called "I Need You." Very powerful uh, message in that about needing God in our lives. And wow, talk about it! Don't we don't we all need God in our lives in some way, some shape, or fashion? It's important that we get right with God. He's the one that created us, after all. That's my belief, and uh, I hope that you have enjoyed uh, the talk about losing my religion. You know, I wasn't trying to slam on on church or, or God or anything like that. I, and I hope people understand that I really think that there's a better way about about a relationship with Christ rather than going jumping through the hoops to try and get God to like us or accept us. I think that's why Jesus died on the cross for us. You know, I mean, that's the whole reason that I received Christ into my heart it wasn't so that I could do the church thing. It was so that I could do the Jesus thing, so that I could, so I could have a relationship with Christ. That's so much more important than going through the the motions, you know, than having to kneel and get up and and count, you know, the beads and and take communion and do all these different things. Those are those are all okay things. It's just it's not the same as a relationship with Christ. It'd be like, you know, it, it would be like. Um, always trying to impress my wife, Amy, and, and never having an actual relationship with her, never actually talking with her, never actually spending time with her, but doing things for her and all this stuff so that she would like me. You know, I'm just glad she loves me for who I am, you know, and that's, Jesus loves us for who we are. He cares about us and it's, it's such a cool, cool thing. So enough of me going on and on and on. My, I guess my biggest prayer. Um, in this whole idea of doing Take Him With You and the podcast and everything is that people could could understand that you can have a relationship with Jesus and you don't have to be a nut or a f- freaky person and you don't have to be this religious person that has to clean up their lives or whatever you can just be you and you can receive Christ into your heart and just you know have a relationship with Him that is fulfilling and cool and He will help through life and give a purpose for being Brings peace and, and rest and love into our lives, and it's just a really, really cool thing to have a relationship with Christ. So there, that's what I think. Thanks for joining me for taking with you. We would love some feedback if you'd like to let us know how we're doing. We would love that. Uh, Amy and I really crave getting emails because, believe it or not, you know we have maybe may have hundreds of downloads, but we don't. We only get a few emails. And it would be really nice if you're listening to the program and it's meant anything to you. We sure could use the encouragement because it does take a lot of time and effort. And uh, of course, you know, we're doing this as an experiment to earn money for our household too. And it hasn't been the most lucrative thing ever. And so we're, you know, having to cut back on a lot of things, and it's it's hard. So it really helps when we get an email from someone that says, "Hey, this has really helped me," or "I really like your program." so if you would do that that would be just very helpful to us and of course if you can donate that would be awesome too and our email is rick at takehimwithyou.com rick at takehimwithyou.com you You can always visit the website at takehimwithyou.com you Uh, you can visit our multimedia website at moyermultimedia.com and we would love that we would just think it was so fun to hear from you if you would uh, write in and let us know what you think of the program hey next week is going to be a really cool program I think you're going to like it um, I got a lot of feedback a while ago when I asked, you know, if there's different subjects that people wanted to hear about. One of them was they wanted to know what my belief was on the devil. <laughs> yeah, Satan. So uh, I figured, why not? I'm going to do a whole program talking about what I believe about the devil, spiritual things. You know, does the devil exist? Is he real? Um, what's his name? Where do you get his origin from? How much power does he really have? All that kind of stuff. So, next week's going to be a nice, fun, exciting program called, well, it's called this. Yeah, that's right. We're calling it 666, The Number of the Beast. See, I think a lot of people don't have any idea what the devil is all about because there's so much rumor and conjecture. We're going to explore what the Bible says about who Lucifer is and was. And maybe we'll clear up a few things, maybe some some uh, weird myths and rumors about him. And I think you'll find it very interesting. So stay tuned for next week. 666, the number of the beast. I'm taken with you. Take Him With You is a Moyer Multimedia LLC production. For more information, visit MoyerMultimedia.com. Copyright 2009. All rights reserved.